You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Did you bring wine? I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plopskin. Get ready. It ain't that peculiar, but if you cry for me and be my baby, then we'll be happy together. Build me a buttercup and hop in my vehicle up on the road, because something's got a hold on me. We're grooving in this time of the season, December 1963. Oh, what a night. You can't buy me love, never my love, but if we're California dreaming with tears of a clown, there ain't no mountain high enough. Would it be nice? Joining us today are the usual waiting on Christmas, including uh, Kevin Livid High Jager. Yes, all the time. <laughs> Kimberly, our River Deep Mountain High Game Master and unofficial babysitter okay. for the hour. <laughs> Love it. And with us today is an actor who is Tony nominated for his work in Next to Normal. Other credits include Sideshow and Jersey Boys. Um, and he's also a member of the Midtown Men, which is uh, some of the uh, intro songs that I picked from. Uh, let's give a big, broad, wasted welcome to friend of the show. Friend of the show. Jay Roberts Spencer. Oh. Welcome. That was an incredible introduction. That was the greatest (laughs) intro I've ever had. Thank you. I pulled those from, I don't know which album it is, but one of the, I pulled all those from your track listings from one of the the Midtown Men albums. It's probably, it might be the live CD. I think it's the live one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course. course. This is super fun. We're super pumped to talk to you. But before we even get to any of that, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are we drinking? Tonight I went with, in my thermos, uh, some, some ice cubes. And some Pinot Grigio. (laughs) Very cool. It's from Oregon. It's Oregon grown right here where I am, uh, just outside of Portland, Oregon, in my home. I'm just in my my office tonight. And uh, my my daughter's in the next room practicing her violin, and my son and wife are are out there uh, keeping busy. That's amazing. (laughs) Perfect. And you guys are held up in your houses as well? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in my uh, studio in Manhattan still. And I am drinking a Tonteo, Tonteo jalapeno tequila margarita. Oh, man. I Beautiful. love jalapeno tequila. It is so good. You got to have a little heat. So it's really, really lovely. <laughs> like behind you. Exactly. The fireplace. My fire. <laughs> yeah. Kimberly. Got to keep it cozy. 
Since I've made it to my parents' house in Philadelphia, I have rosé from my mom's fridge. Yes, rosé all day. I didn't look at the label. (laughs) Uh, And I am in uh, Sullivan Park Slope, Brooklyn, and I am drinking Cabernet Sauvignon from a can. (laughs) Um, And it's... what I, I you know, I saw these at the store and I felt like, oh, you have the can of Pinot Grigio. Nice. Yeah. It's yeah. wine, oh, and canned canned wine. I saw this on the shelf and I was like, you know what? Let me give canned wine a chance again. And this one, if you can see on the back, um, for all of you watching this, it has one can equals uh, a glass and a half, but it's actually, wow. it's actually like there's an image to it. So we won't make the same mistake we made last time when we assumed that one can was like one Don't can of beer. Don't me in. I'm not part of the week. Brian and I assumed that one can of wine was one can of beer. So we, I had three and Brian had four, but it turned out that each can was half a bottle. Turn so- out, if you look at how volume works, you would no, have no. No, 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 no. This is how it turned out. Yeah, it's just how it happened. We were we were tricked. We were duped. <laughs> it, 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 it's true, though. Can of beer doesn't affect me at all. It's just like, it's cool. It's just a social. Yeah. But wine, a one can of wine, I'm like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Out. Uh, so yeah. let's not only halfway through. Ooh, no cheers. Problem. Cheers. Ah, salud, everyone. Yeah, let's do it, right? Keys. Clink. Um, so let's let's talk. Uh, what's your favorite musical? My favorite musical of all time is Secret Garden. Good I love Secret Garden. I think it's romantic. I think it's heartbreakingly beautiful. There's nothing like Rebecca Luker going, you know, how could I know I would never leave you? And then Andy and Mandy Patankin comes in, and and it was really. Um, you know, and but before that, of course, there was Les Mis and that, but sure. Secret Garden, it just, the way it was done and, and the lyrics, oh, I could go on all day about it. Oh okay, my so God, you would I, be, I, I do feel like that's, I'm sorry, Kevin, go ahead. I was just going to say, you would be a really good, like, doctor in that show, like the brother. No, I was in college. <laughs> yes, that's I was, I was. It's my, one of my favorite roles. Uh, we did it at the Shenandoah. Summer Music Theater, which unfortunately sure. will be performing this summer uh, for the first time in all these years. <laughs> oh, but yeah. I guess I was, uh, I had already graduated, I guess, no, I guess I was in my junior or senior year mm-hmm. and uh, got to sing Lily's Eyes, man. I couldn't wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. No, it was so good. Did you Does see that? Does Bygone Broadway? Say oh, yes. Yeah. I, yeah, they shared a rehearsal photo today of Daisy Egan in the Secret Garden. That's cool. So that's so funny that it came up. I'm assuming that you saw the original production based on that reaction or no? Um, I Well, we took a college trip up and cool. we, we saw it as a group way, way that's back. That's awesome. Ago. It was, yeah. That's very cool. Oh, <laughs> oh that's uh, one that we could do it once the library opens up. That's one we can do with the library. I and, love that show. And you know, the th- and I want to say that number two, honestly, you know, when I first came to New York, I'm 51 now, so I was in New York when I was, you know, 23, 24, and mm-hmm. and uh, one of the first shows I actually saw was she she loves me. Oh yeah. Oh. And and then I saw Crazy <laughs> for You. Sure. Oh, you and uh, a good year. It was, and those two are are my my all time classic favorites as well. Like mm-hmm. great musical theater, 
upbeat, technicolor, you sure. know. Uh, yes. this, those really made an impact on me. And I remember being in the front row watching, you know, She, she, uh, she Loves Me. That's so and, interesting because those are like, talk about three different parts of the spectrum. You have like the big dance show over here. You have the secret garden drama on this side. And then kind of right in the middle, you have this very serious, lovely show that has some wonderful dance moments. That's like a very well-rounded top three. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> well, thanks. Well, I'm a drummer since I was in fourth grade and that's why I love tap. I should have, sure. I should have taken lessons. I know, I don't know why I never did, but I never did. But that's why I'm drawn to like crazy for you, you know. And that are was you, oh, that's an exceptional show with choreography. Are yeah. you more drawn to things that you, that you have, that you, that you know you can do, or things that kind of elude you? How does that? How does your, you know, likes and dislikes kind of are based on what you believe you and know you have the ability to do versus. Um, something that totally escapes your grasp because you never learned it or whatever the case may be. Thanks. Yeah, that's a good question. It's, it's too much dance. I'll just, and I've done it before in auditions where the dance was crazy. It was, I'm a singer. Crazy for you? Yeah. That's why you're the professional. Um, it's, the can, it's the can of wine. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, it helps. It's a, uh, if I, I've walked out of auditions, if the dancing was way too dancey, I'm like, I'm a singer moves well, and there's a big difference. My wife, of course, has done 10 Broadway shows. She should be mm -hmm. in here talking and chatting it up. But, you know, she's yeah. kind of bring her in. life. Yeah. I will. I'll bring her in. But she, you know, she was back in the heyday. Mm -hmm. guys, she was working with Gwen Verdon, you know, and Ryan King in the original workshop of Fosse in Canada. Sure. Now, I've heard of all of them. Chicago. <laughs> Um, with Annie and James Naughton. And while she was in that show, she was a swing, but then she got Sideshow and that's where we met. Mm. So she was rehearsing the day for Sideshow and then hauling butt over <laughs> to Chicago mm -hmm. at night. Yeah. That's really extraordinary. Wow. So let's, let's actually talk a little bit about your career. You have your two for three and best musicals. <laughs> I know, I know. That's, that's like a stat that most people do not have. I, I, I uh, I'm, I'm aware of that. I, yeah. I, 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 I'm humbled by it because I, I feel that I, 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 I know that I'm like this is very rare. But even you got to look at Sideswipe for a second. But Sideshow, even though it only lasted three months, that's still one that is a, you know, people still bring up. And oh it's yeah, for sure. Lives. But anyway, go ahead. No, no. I mean, so I, I wanted to talk about kind of there are three. From from a from a from an outside view, they're three very different shows. Very similar to your top three. Um, <laughs> I guess talk about um, we, we can get into the specifics of kind of opening Jersey Boys, big hit opening um, next normal Tony nomination. But let's let's do a high level view of kind of um, what it what you did to kind of capture those tones both from a theatrical standpoint, from a vocal standpoint, from an acting standpoint. Um, yes, I know that, like the typical answer is like, well, actors are gonna act, but like, how did, what was your process to kind of adapt to those three types of styles of musicals? The Jersey Boys came easy as a musician because I had been a musician my whole life and I listened to that music my entire life, I knew it like the back of my hand. And so hearing that and getting the phone call to read through the script and I'm reading through it going, oh, I know that song. Oh, I forgot about that song. Oh, I didn't know they did this song. I mean, it was mm -hmm. that kind of reaction to it. And also the writing was great. So 
I didn't have to think about the musician sh- uh, side of it too much other than I had to learn bass guitar. Sure. Um, Did you learn bass guitar for that show? Yeah, couldn't wait. I'd been drumming and guitar playing my whole life, but I was, you know, a big Rush fan. And I was like, sure. when am I going to learn bass? <laughs> and then when I got cast as Nick Massey, I was like, hey, man, I'm doing the De Niro. I'm learning this thing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> now, Kevin Dow, uh, God bless him. You know, he's an incredible bass player. He was the guy they had on 10, and I was down on zero. But I'm playing it all. And it, cool. Like, he taught it to me. So when I was breaking it all down, Jersey Boys, as an, as, when you're breaking it down as an actor, it really was the great experience as the De Niro. I was alone. My wife was in another state, and I was in La Jolla. And, mm. you know, it was intense learning choreography and playing and learning bass guitar and learning your monologues and your harmony. Yeah. But it all, <coughs> it all mashed together because it was just nonstop. It all mashed together. And all of the building blocks I had as a child leading up to this moment was the reason I was able to do it. If I mm-hmm. hadn't had supportive parenting system that took me to drum lessons, took me to singing lessons, took me to dance lessons, took me to acting lessons and auditions, you know, those were the layers and the building blocks that made it easy for me to go into the process of working through Jersey Boys without having to know that I was even <laughs> doing anything. Mm-hmm. All I knew is that I had to get these monologues off my back, out of my way, so I could just so I could just focus on everything else. Now, was fall already your favorite season, or did you need to fall <laughs> in love with it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love fall. I love wearing layers and walking through Central Park. It's one of the greatest things about New York City is is the fall, right? Right. I just I'll make sure Nick Nick is the fall character in yeah. Jersey Boys. Right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got nervous. Autumn. There's literally nothing like autumn in New York. They're really like. I know. I don't know. There really isn't. I don't feel like I answered that question very well. No, it's great. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, I, but what I will say when I got to next to normal was a whole other process. Oh totally yeah. Different. And um, it was very emotional, and I was going at it from obviously at this point I was 40 years old, and at that point I had we had one child and my wife was pregnant with with our with our second kid so now I'm going into this whole zone of auditioning for it where I have this whole father layer Mm -hmm. and as a father you think about the horrific what ifs what ifs what if I had a son you know that was was dead but still you know haunting us you know and what if what if what if because that's what those actors but that was a whole different thing which was that was a rock opera also you know yeah. so it was really important to get that music out of the way <laughs> was different i get the monologues out of the way mm. the music was kind of like in my bones but next to normal was i had to get the music out of my way before i could really dive into the depth and the heart of of dan but you know it was really so seamless because brian yorkie and tom kidd and michael greif were the trifecta mm-hmm you know, and, and, and the piece is easily, you can, you're, you're easily sucked into it because of the emotion of it and the, the emotionality of it and the surprises within it. And then the fact that you're just, you're doing a musical, a brand new musical about bipolar depression. Yeah. It's insane. And, and you don't realize, you know, at that moment, you've got something that's going to absolutely break the mold and break Broadway forever. 
But it's not until you go out the stage door that you hear people's testimonies saying, thank you. I, I have a mom who, who's bipolar. My wife was making sandwiches on the floor like, like Alice was in the show. I mean, we were hearing all these stories. Hugh Jackman, you know, uh, said, you know, it was like I was watching myself and my dad when I watched you because my mom is bipolar, he told us, you know, after the show. So it really, that was the, that, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't ever have to sign autographs walking out a door when I get that kind of human mm-hmm. response. That was the true, uh, the true sign of how important art is for people's souls. And when the one last story that blew me away was when I was out last December promoting my Christmas song, Waiting on Christmas, I was doing a radio interview and this just disc jockey crashed my radio interview because he found out that I was in the house, right? Mm-hmm. So he comes in and he tells me on air that he, his wife had passed away of cancer and he was totally depressed, didn't want to get out of bed, but he was a huge Broadway fanatic and he had already purchased months ago tickets to some show called Next to Normal. And he said, and I just said, I'm going to the show, I'll just go. He said, Bobby, I came back 40 times. Wow. It was therapeutic for me, got me over my hump and, and the depression of the loss of my wife. I mean, I heard stories like that all that we all did. So, yeah. I, I was fortunate enough to see like the second preview, I think. Oh, oh wow. And yeah, I saw it pretty early too. I will literally, like that is one of like the top three experiences in a theater that I will never forget. Because Man. I went into it, I, had, I didn't know the album. I didn't, I, I don't, was the album out by then? I don't. No. No, no. I, I don't think so. It's so like there was like I didn't know the story. I had no idea what to expect. I just yeah. knew it was like the Tom Kit and Ryan Yorkie show, and like I was super excited to see it. And Alice Ripley, like everybody's talking about her, but like I do have to say, like your performance was like truly next level in that show. Like you, it was next to normal. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> your performance. I mean, I, Alice obviously gets a lot of. Uh, accolades for her performance and she was amazing for sure but like you were such an anchor in that show and like the big i mean i spoiler alert if you haven't listened to the album yet but like the big twist at that like penultimate moment in act two and like you the duet that you had with aaron debate like i that is like a moment that i will never forget being in the theater because like i felt like my entire body was on fire and I feel like that was really as a young writer, like excited to see what new musical theater could do. Like right. that was so mind blowing because it was not even in the wheelhouse of theater to tell a story like that. And right. to it so powerfully and so strongly with music that was like hip and new was just like really transformative for me as a young person. So thank you. For Amen. That. Wow. Cheers. Let's play a game. Cheers. Oh my gosh. Okay. Game time. Great. Well, I, realizing that none of you can actually pick any of these things I made up, (laughs) I'll close my eyes and pick for each of you. Perfect. Basically, we're going to play a sequel showdown. Thanks again to Kevin for this idea. A sequel showdown. All right. A sequel showdown. So these are four shows that do not currently have a sequel. Okay. Or arguably, do they need or want one? (laughs) is um i'm gonna pick two of us to pick two musicals and make create how you could make a sequel for this show and then the other two of us will vote on which one is better and then the other two will have a chance to do their own and then the two winners 
get voted. Oh, I love this. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say that Brian and Kevin go first. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Me and Bobby, time to figure out what we're going to do. I am. <laughs> I hope I don't look stupid on this. Oh, my gosh. I was like. Okay. okay. Why don't I go like. Point at which one you want, Kevin? I want the third one. This one? Yes. I want the pointy middle one. Okay. So, Brian. Yes. You get Titanic. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm prepared. I already know. Great. Okay. Kevin, you get Miss Saigon. Perfect. Got it. Explain. You want to go first, Kevin? Or should I pull? I I will allow you to go first, Brian. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, So the sequel to Titanic is called Titanic 2, The Hindenburg. And (laughs) it is about the the Hindenburg disaster, the big Zeppelin ship that blew up over uh, New Jersey. Um, Balloons. And it is basic. I mean, I'm not even going to like change anything. It just is Titanic on the Hindenburg. Um, however, it's it's in a much smaller theater. of dreams. Yes. <laughs> I don't like that idea. I don't think that will work at all. I think Sorry. this is brilliant. And I think it's that not brilliant. It's people not gonna are going to pay a lot of money to see this. It's going to be in a small theater no. because, because blimps are not, you, you don't have as much space as a cruise liner. Um, and, and there are some crossover um, people. Some of the people who survived Titanic are actually on the Hindenburg. And there's a big song where they have like, a, there's a PTSD a number. Like, no. Oh yeah, we could do a flashback. We could do a Titanic Dream Ballet flashback. That's great. Um, and uh, it's really emotional. It's like all these intercross, you know, intersection stories, you know. Um, and so Titanic to the Hindenburg. Perfect. And Kevin? Um, the sequel to Miss You're Saigon. right, Kevin. It is perfect. Okay. It actually is. <laughs> so the sequel to Miss Saigon is called Mr. Saigon. And it is following Tam, Kim's son, who has now come to America. And so he's dealing with a lot of the like anti-Vietnam sentiments, the anti-Asian sentiments in American culture as he grows up. So the show takes like starts when he's a teenager. And it's all about him trying to like figure out how he can be an American, but also be connected to his mom. So he goes to Vietnam to try to like connect with her and like really understand what like happened and what, what he went through. And so it's this like, young coming of age story about Tam. Those are good. I mean, already, right? Well, we all know Hindenburg, Titanic to Hindenburg is the winner there. <laughs> no, not at all. That was so really good, you Kevin. Kevin, you are a writer, you can tell. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I think <laughs> Titanic 2 the Hindenburg is way more creative than the easy I answer. I Titanic 2, it would be underwater. It would be the ghosts underwater the whole well, time. That, that's what, the, that's what the, uh, the dream ballet is. Right, obviously. Right. <laughs> right. You don't get points just for creating a dream ballet, Brian. Um, <laughs> there's also a mega mix. Oh, there's Megan. <laughs> that's the card that I didn't expect. They just sing Joseph songs because that's what we want to hear. Okay, so our turn. Bobby, which one would you like? Um, you, how do I get? Do I just tap on your little face to get you on? Oh, sure. 
This one or this one? Oh, if you go to the upper right-hand corner, yeah, and she, I you want see the where it says right hand. gallery mode, gallery. if you click gallery, gallery right view, you'll see all four of us at the same time. Yeah, oh. you're right. I, mean, oh, I can see all of you, but I just wanted to like, yeah, that one on your right oh, hand, sure. Kimberly, do that one. What is it? Ah! Uh, Jersey boys, are you kidding me? Shut up. Well, the sequel to Jersey boys is the Midtown man. The sequel to Jersey boys would be, um, would I think it would, it, you know, it would, the great sequel would be to just catch up with the, the original Tommy DeVito, Bob Gaudio and Frankie Valley at their age right now in their eighties, you know? Oh. And, uh, uh, you know, see where they've gone since the ending of uh, Jersey Boys on that night. You know, what happens at the final bam? Where do they go after that? So um, maybe sitting just in a diner. Yeah, sitting <laughs> in a diner would be great. They'd sit in a diner and then would they reflect like, remember when they did a show on Broadway about me? No, it's about me. No, it's about it. me. And that's what it is. And they uh -huh. sit there for so long that all four seasons pass by. But then, exactly. But then they did sit there and then we go through, but then there's a little jukebox throughout it and see as they oh, go, nice. they're dropping a dime in the jukebox. And from that, that's when oh, they go. Oh, oh, this one takes me back to when. So it's a jukebox musical with an actual jukebox? <laughs> right. But no jukebox I love that. It's the jukebox. Right. Are you taking a picture? I am. Yeah. Well then tell us. Was that all right? Was that a decent sequel idea? That was great. Yeah, I think so. I just want to make sure that it still it, it, it still ends with them at uh, the uh, Rock and Roll Hall Rock of Fame. Hall Fame. <laughs> yeah. The end is a flashback. Hey, of oh, the let me tell you this story. I'm going to tell you this story about Bob Gaudio, the real Bob Gaudio. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We, uh, Daniel and Christian and John and I, <clears throat> uh, it was during the Jersey Boys, we, we were doing so many interviews and so many great little great things were popping up and we got done doing some kind of press thing and Bob Gaudio was with us and we're in the back of a limo and it's me and it's Gaudio and it's Daniel Reichard and we're talking and he brings up the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He brings it up. That's why I'm, you brought it up. That's why I wanted to yeah, mention yeah, yeah. yeah. And he goes, I don't know how we got on the subject, but at some point he goes, that was a really weird night. And he said, I just remember that I looked down the table and Nikki, my guy and Tommy were off in the corner with a bunch of people we didn't know. Frankie was talking to Diana Ross, yeah. you know, and I'm just sitting there, you know, just, just looking around the room, just thinking, you know, what is going on? Where are we? You know? And, <laughs> right. but it was just like, like things like that, you know, would pop up. He would tell stories of yesterday, just sure. on a whim, but for no reason. It was just like a nice little brush stroke that we got to get playing these guys. Every now and then we get a brush stroke. Every day he was with us, we get another new brushstroke, another new brushstroke to add to the show, you know? Yeah, after, I want to ask you more about that because that what a what a special experience that must have been where the people you're playing are so alive can kind of help you with the paint, but you're still the painter. So let's, 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 let's hear the next to normal sequel and then I'll, I'm prepping you for those questions. The next to normal sequel, this got very dark in my mind very fast, but I think... That's the show. And so it, in the same way that Wendy grows up in Peter Pan, it starts with Natalie all grown up. Oh. And then the ghost of her entire family comes out around her. And so it's a very old woman, Natalie, 
sort of dealing with everything that happened back then. And then maybe like halfway through the first act, she does some sort of spin and is young Natalie. (laughs) And then she gets to like tell you about her life. So she's on the Hindenburg. That's what I heard. She is not on the Hindenburg. <laughs> so maybe she goes to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hey, oh, yeah. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I like that. You two guys <laughs> win. Brian, sorry. I think you and I did not win that whatsoever. Oh, yeah. You guys, <laughs> Jersey boys are next to normal. While I look for where I think there's probably a stage door picture of me at Jersey boys. Seriously? Yes. I think. Um, I, I mean, I'm. Bobby, you're the best, but I gotta vote for the next. I gotta <laughs> vote for the next to normal thing. I'm sorry. It's she. It was good. It's it's, it's, good. it's a great yeah. idea. The older Natalie, absolutely. It's Maybe good. she's was, Sybil. Maybe she's like Sybil. Maybe it's like Natalie's like Sybil. Oh my god, that would be incredible. An older Sybil, Natalie. How complicated would a Sybil musical be? Pretty complicated, but also yeah. uh, especially if, like if pretty if each personality had a different musical style. Obviously that's what you'd do. I mean, that makes the most sense. Each personality had to have music, a different musical style. You gotta have the old woman, the, the, the I gotta go through, I haven't even seen that film in forever, but man. I'd have to have, you'd have to, literally like the per- first person that pops in my head who could sing anything is like Carmen Cusack. Like, oh, totally. Like she can do like folk, she can do like legit Broadway, she can do classical, she can, like she has that voice that you're just like, yep, that works. It's butter. She's really that country butter. She's got that folk butter, right? Mm-hmm. Love it. Oh, it's so good. Good choice. All right, Kimberly, is it you and me facing off? Oh yeah, now you vote on which one's better. Me, mine or yours. He just did. He said next to me, he said yours won. Oh, so now we're trying oh, to- Oh, I pour- beat you? Yeah, you beat Bobby. No, I mean you, Kevin. You oh, can. So now we're voting on who, what's better, Mr. Saigon. Mr. Saigon. Got it. Or I, I, Natalie's I, new normal. No, I'm choosing Natalie's new normal. I, but then again, I'm telling you, Mr. Saigon is a great idea, dude. It's, it, they're both great because they're both dealing with, with, you know, someone needing to dive in deeper to find out what happened, what's Maybe going on. Maybe they team up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they're dating in high school or like yeah, later on in life and trying yeah, to I want a crossover there. next to Mr. Saigon. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Saigon is normal. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's that's great. This was a super sequel showdown game. was fun. That was good, guys. Thank you for, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad I didn't fail on that. I felt like I was OK. No, in fact, right. Titanic Sorry. 2, the Hindenburg, would easily get funding before any of those. Maybe like a Cirque du Soleil show in Vegas. Hey, like, I don't care. Actually, actually, I just sold the idea to Warner Brothers. So yeah. For all of you. <laughs> hey, I actually was... Go ahead, Brian. You, you're looking at your notes. You're going to ask the next... The no, next go for it. Part. There's no structure to this. What are we talking about? What do you want no, to talk about? No, there isn't? Okay. Yeah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, I was actually supposed to be in New York right now recording. Really? For uh, this musical we've been working on called Uncivil about the Civil War. It's a bluegrass musical comedy where I play Abraham Lincoln. Yes. Cool. We did it at the Nymph four years ago. God bless the Nymph. Yeah, right. I and, know, right? R.I.P. I couldn't believe so I read that. How many months ago when that came out in the news? I, I, I did a show at Nymph in 2015. So like that was like a really big blow to like find out that that was gone. It's heartbreaking to find out because there's so many, it's so, it's so valuable to so many writers and artists. I mean, we was, all know that. It was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had as a writer because <laughs> I didn't just get to tr- like workshop a show. I got like a masterclass education in what it takes to produce a show. Absolutely right. It man. actually improved my writing. <laughs> learned like, not to write for a specific show, but you also understand like what works in a theater and what doesn't. Like you start to learn so many things when you're suddenly the executive producer of your own show. Yeah. Do you know what's so smart about you saying it that way is that you already, you're the individual that you need to be in the room with that kind of a mentality. Cause I've done over 20 or 30 workshops and readings. And sometimes the writer is in that room and they just think they don't need to touch it. And that's where they get in the way. And that's why it doesn't move on. And and when you sit in a, in a lobby with Henry Krieger and Bill Russell on piano and they're making changes to their already magnificent score, but they're making those changes. That's no ego. That's why you're professional. That's why you're a hit maker. It was amazing. Cause in, when we did, when we did our show in Nymph, we did a, our, our first rehearsal was the reading with the cast. We read with the script that we had and we were like, what do you guys think? What did you feel as actors? And they gave us a crap ton of notes. And That's then right. in a week, we rewrote three-fourths of the show. Wow. What's the name of, what was the name of your show in 2015? It was, it was called Spot on the Wall. It was, about, on the wall. it was about an actor who, it was, oh no, an actor, he was a photographer and he had like taken pictures of his mom's struggle with cancer the whole time she was going through it. And oh. so he got a, a museum signed on to like do an exhibition of his photography and it was all about how he dealt with like his father and all these other people who like it wasn't just art to them it was real life so it was like a question about like when can art go too far or does it ever go too far in like helping people express their emotions wow good pitch that that really sounds great it, it was, and it, the, what was great was it was like originally the character was a gay character, and there was this whole like dad not accepting him gay story arc. And then, like, as we like talked with the cast about stuff, we were like, that's not the interesting part. This yeah. is. And so we like changed so much to delve into like what was really awesome. happening. And the show that we did at Nymph when it finally opened was like worlds different, but like I learned so much in that like six week period. Well, Kevin, did you learn anything in <gasps> Tuesdays in, in the, the corner, corner with Kevin? Kevin's Corner. Welcome to Kevin's Corner, Bobby, where I have some really amazing questions that I Googled oh. and found for you. Okay. Um, they're random questions that are supposed to be fun to ask people. 
<laughs> so we'll see if these are fun. <laughs> so question number one, what is what was your favorite toy growing up? The thing. Yes. <laughs> Still have it. That's amazing. Yeah. Were you thing. a big comic book kid? Yeah. Batman. Um, hold on. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. Look at this masterpiece. Look at this baby right there. Oh. 1977, guys. Oh, wow. Look at that. That's collector baby. That's Star Wars. This is... The sequel. So the first one is this one here, this baby right there. Look at that beauty. What? Oh my gosh, you guys. Okay, so this is all the way until the uh, trash compactor. Okay, and then it stops. Okay. And then this is trash compactor until the end. Wow. So good. So That's good. And we cool. got the new Batman. This is actually pretty killer, this one. So yeah, you know, and it's cool to share all the old comics with my son. He loves that. Oh, this yeah. Is a great sure. Empire Strikes Back, actually, right there. Look at that. Anyway, oh, so, God. yeah. All right, sorry. What were we no, talking about? That was, <laughs> let's talk, let's talk more about Star Wars comics. I'm uh, down with that. The next, question, <laughs> the next question I have for you is if you had to marry a cartoon character, who would it be and why? Um, let me tell you something. I love that he has visuals for everything. It would be. Um, would be olive oil from Popeye. I love olive oil. Well, because she's so absolutely sweet. She's a very, very kind soul. Oh, yeah. She cares about others, and she's very fragile, and yet she exudes complete love for her man, no matter how indifferent he may be with his extremely large forearms. You know, she loves him totally for who he is. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, do you think that eyebrows should be considered facial hair? No. Interesting for you to say. I don't know. I, I've never thought about eyebrows as facial hair. This is my face. This is my forehead. I, so I don't know. Like the location of the eyebrows keeps them from being facial hair. I like that. No, I. It's the border. It's the border. <laughs> very, very, very deeply set eyes. So there's no way you can even get up there. You can't get over this. It's like if they made the movie Free Solo, that guy wouldn't make it past this. <laughs> he wouldn't get past. He wouldn't get past this huge, this huge hump right here, which is part of my forehead. He wouldn't. He wouldn't make it. You know and this then, is a good episode when we compare eyebrow ridges to El Capitan. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then my last question is, if you could have a lifetime supply of anything, what would you want a lifetime supply of? Peanut butter. Mm. <laughs> peanut butter. Santa Cruz peanut butter. No stir. Oh, okay. Is it, is it chunky or is it creamy? Organic, non-GMO, crunchy. Crunchy, okay. And this has been Kevin's Corner. Yeah. I'm going to make another margarita while you start over. Let's, let's, I want to go back to what you were talking about uh, before um, when uh, – let's talk about creating a role from scratch like okay. the um, – 
next to normal role um, versus taking someone like Nick Massey, who you can actually meet and tangibly like shake hands with. How, how do you how do you go about you know creating something with your you know with the creative team from scratch versus creating something with the creative team from scratch based on a real person who's there? Nick Massey, the gentleman I portrayed, was actually deceased <clears throat> when I got into the show. Well, not great, but, but I, I what I did as far as research though. Yeah. You know, it's 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 totally cool because you know I had to I had to go and look up old newspaper clippings of interviews with people on his passing his obituary. Sure, um, I found old stories of Nikki. Uh, you know, you can find interviews based off of. And I also drove my wife and I drove to the Belmont Tavern in Jersey. Sure, we walked in there one night and I met everybody in the bar. Everybody knew the Four Seasons. I grew everybody. up outside of Newark. Did, okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right there in the hub. Mm -hmm. So you've heard of the Belmont Tavern? Yes, I know it. Yeah. I love it. I hope they're doing okay, man. They call broad, they call Jimmy Cuomo now. He's, he's, he's a, one of the head guys there. They call him Broadway Jimmy because he and I became friends when I got to that sure. restaurant. So I learned about Nikki through all of his friends telling me stories. So that mm -hmm. was the cool thing that you talk about doing the De Niro this, that's what Jersey boys was. It was so De Niro. I was doing research. I was doing newspaper clippings. I was meeting with people and sitting down and chatting. There's that great scene in that wonderful movie field of dreams where the character played by, um, played by James Earl Jones, his character's name is Terrence Mann. Mm -hmm. um, and he's, it's this montage sequence of him doing the interview, interview, interview. And that's kind of what it was like. For me, I was interviewing all these people and getting all these stories from Nikki and also taking that knowledge and basing it off of Marshall Brickman and Rick Ellis's, uh, you know, words. So it was a combination of, of gathering as much information as I could from the real guy and then taking that real guy information I had to the powers that be and have us discuss it, you know, how we were going to convey Nikki. And then I guess the, 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 the nice icing on the cake was coming out the stage door and having a family members of Nikki come over to me. And I had it happen several times and say, hey, thanks for doing, you know, Nikki justice. You did great. Thanks for, thanks for bringing my uncle back to life for a couple hours, wow. you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well let's, uh, let's take a little segue into uh, your music. Oh, great. Um, um, I know that you recently just had a, a single, right? The um, It's called Live It High. And yeah. I, yeah. It was released last week on 420. Oh, interesting. Perfect. I wrote, it, I wrote it five years ago, I think, four years ago. I was on the road with my group, the Midtown Men, and we had four days in L.A. of nothing. And, uh, you know, we had probably 30 concerts lined up. And it was four days of nothing. And so there I was in this great, great pad in L.A. chilling. Mm -hmm. But I was... I needed a guitar. I was crazy, just needed to write. I had so much in my head. And I ran down to Guitar Center and, and I bought this little, 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 you know, mini guitar. And mm -hmm. I wrote five songs in about three hours. And one of them was Live It High. Oh. And it came out of me, you know, I, I never have the lyrics written. I, I play and the melody from what I'm playing brings out the lyrics it's for me. <clears throat> I'll say ooh, I'll say ah, I'll say yada yada, and then something comes out. And when I was writing "Live It High," I just the chorus was like "Live it right, live it wrong, live it free, live it strong, live it high, live it hard, live it loose, live it easy, live it soon, live it high, live it happy, live it sad, live it broken, live it madly, live it high." 
Live at peace, live at love, live at all of the above, live at high. And the message really is however you want to take it. Of course, there's going to be a lot of metaphors and puns throughout that. The people are going to take what they want. Mm-hmm. Now, first off, I did want to write an anthem for cannabis, like Jimmy Buffett wrote an anthem for Margaritaville, for Margaritas mm-hmm. with Margaritaville. Because let's face it, it's not there. They don't have it, and they should. And okay. I think this should be the song. But and then, and then just to go back even further, several years and years ago, now we've got it where it's uh, use, being used more and more and being legal more for medicinal, for recreational. It's helping uh, as far as it can be very helpful economically for our, for our country. So there's all these positives that it brings. But the song is beyond that for me. And I wasn't even thinking that when that came to me. The chorus came to me at that moment when I needed to say something. Mm-hmm. And I'm 51 now. And at the time I was, you know, 40, whatever, eight or 47. And not that I have any answers to the, li- to the life we're living, because I don't. But I know what I've done so horribly wrong in my life and what I've done so horribly right. Mm-hmm. And that's where it all came from. It's like the only way you're going to know how to live life is by living it as best you can. And every now and then you're going to slip up. But the bottom line is whatever you do, you got to live it high as in taking the high road, you know, spirituality, God, love, peace, all of that. And I really wanted the song to bring guys like me and people like you and millennials as, as close to Woodstock as we could, you know, I wanted that song to bring as much. That's why I say, bring it, Live at peace, live at love, live at all of the above, live at high. You know, it's, I, wanted, I wanted that feeling that you get when you hear the music of Woodstock and you see the four-day, the three-day stock footage of, of, that, of that film, of, mm-hmm. of all those acts of coming together, of the live, the amazing footage of the old Dick Cavett shows with everybody having conversations and talking about peace and love and harmony and politics. You know, even the other night, the, the great John Denver was on a YouTube midnight special and John Denver came on with... Uh, Mama Cass, Mama Cass in this beautiful way, you know, in 1971 was saying to people before they sang um, Leaving on a Jet Plane together, she said, I just think it's really important. You know, I've been traveling around to the college campuses and no matter who you're voting for, it's just really important to get out there and vote. That's all she said. But it was so interesting hearing this old footage of her in 1971. And here we are in, in 2020 saying the same thing. It's so yeah. important to go out there. I don't care what party you're on or where you're doing, do what's right, you know, and, uh, you know, in, in, in choosing, you know, choose how you want is what she was saying, you know, but it's important to vote. But gosh darn, man, there's so many messages back then that even <clears throat> at the midtime and touring across the country as the midtime and singing songs of the moms and the papas and the turtles and the zombies and the rascals and the beach boys and the Beatles and Buffalo Springfield, Crosby, Stills, Nash. And yeah, the so many people. animals. Dude, it's, it's <laughs> but every song, every song is a, it's about peace. It's about love. And, and in the turmoil of the last several years, as we've been touring the country, if it's been a horrific day on the news of, something going wrong this way or something going wrong that way or something happening this way or that way. The thing that's been so surreal about it all is that that music of the 60s and that message of the 60s is more mm-hmm. important now than ever. And we're out there singing lyrics and songs that made a difference in the 60s. And that's why it's even more pertinent that that music should be heard today because the message is so valuable. I mean, when they're singing, 
when they're literally singing them, you know, there's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear, you know? He's saying it from the 60s, yet it's something that we just saw in the news before I walked on stage. There's a man with a gun over there telling me I got to beware. Saying stop, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. I mean, you know, they wrote that in 69 and we still sing it in 2020. That's still fascinating. Cheers. That's so true. Hello. Let's uh, one more game. Anything. Yeah. Well, play before we game. play your last game, where can people get Live High? Live It High. You can go to www.jrobertspencer.com. Oh, who's that? First. And uh, you can go to iTunes if people still do that. Google Play, Spotify, <laughs> Amazon. Cool. You can also uh, find the Midtown Men stuff there as well. That's where I found all that. You absolutely can. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. Let's do this. And my wife and I actually, uh, we're doing online classes. We, the thing oh, is cool. great, literally, I, I promise you, a year ago, we were not reinventing the wheel. There's so many wonderful actors and actresses out there that are doing online services, teachers, assistant professors. Yeah. We get that. We're not reinventing the wheel. But we were, you know, planning this and putting this together, getting the website all, and then all this happened. And I was just like, well, it's a good thing we were kind of getting things rolling. But literally, it's called Arts Full Circle. And we are providing, hoping to provide undergraduates, graduates, anyone that has any auditions, anyone that keeps, wants to keep their tools sharp during all of this while they're sitting at home, you can get stagnant. So we have a, a contact uh, available right there if you go to artsfullcircle.com and uh, send us your uh, contact information and uh, we'll get back to you and we'll try to line up some lessons if there's anyone out there interested. We are definitely, uh, we definitely have the time and we definitely have the years of experience that we'd like to share. Yeah, I would say between, like, between the two of you, there's like 15 yeah. plus Broadway shows. I mean, more, more so her. She's, she's extraordinary. Yeah. Oh, that's really sweet. What game are we playing, Kimberly? Just a quick round of hands on a hard body. Cool. Oh! So how we play this, it's a categories game. So you have two hands that no one can see in the <laughs> camera, really. Oh. Um, so your hands are down and then we'll do sort of a rapid fire categories. We're all in different areas. So I'm just going to say what order we're going in. Does that make okay. sense? So it'll go me, Brian, Bobby, Kevin, me. Cool. I point it on my screen. Brian, Bobby, I'll Kevin. what I just did. That's people. I've got people. A little tricky. Um, if you stutter, say something that someone has already said, or just take too long to come up with something in that category, then you put one hand up. If you have two hands up, you're out, and we play till someone wins. Okay, cool. Um, we can do something easy first. Let's try, I wrote a few down. Sequels to Titanic. Don't try to make Hindenburg happen, Brian. No. Listen, I'm just, um, it's the secret, putting it out there. Say Broadway theaters. Okay. Okay. Are you um, starting? Yeah, I'll start. Um, the Jacobs. The Nederlander. The Schubert's. The Lyceum. The August Wilson. The Broadway. The St. James. The Hudson. The Broadhurst. The Palace. The Lyceum? Yes. Okay. I said that one. 
Oh, oh shoot! Do oh. <laughs> so I do this? So do I do this? Yeah. Yes, you gotta oh. go. But Look, I haven't been in New York in over how many years? I can't remember these years. <laughs> Bobby, you get to pick the category now. Okay. Um, what do I pick? <laughs> it doesn't have to be theater. You can be anything. Oh, please don't let me. Oh gosh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I was getting, I was following it fine with you guys. <laughs> I'm like, how do I start? What am I doing? Pick a okay. category. Category. Music. Music. I want music. Like band like, names? Okay. Rush. Okay. Oh, um, uh, Journey. Sticks. The Beatles. Kansas. The Monkees. Bread. The Rolling Stones. The OJs. The Four Seasons. The Band. Chicago. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Fun? Yeah, that's a band. Why are you questioning that? <laughs> ben Folds 5. The Killers. The Rascals. <laughs> um, uh, Rascal Flats. Ah. And I got the Disco. The Strokes. Bee Gees. Love the Bee Gees. Love them. The, the Jonas Brothers. Yes. <laughs> Happiness, good documentary. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fallout. Um, in sync. Molly Crew. Backstreet Boys. Spice Girls. 98 Degrees. I'm blanking. I couldn't think of I just blanked. I'm like, and how many rock groups are there in the world? I know that's, that's the thing. why that one was hard. You get so, to pick a category for the three of us to keep playing. Okay. Hmm. Mm. Uh okay, comic book heroes. Okay. Captain America. Spider-Man. Captain Marvel. Batman. Iron Man. <laughs> Superman. The Incredible Hulk. Ooh, and my babe. X-Men. Green Lantern. Am I allowed to say Wolverine when she said X-Men? Yeah, X-Men's a little bit much, but you can say Wolverine. Okay, absolutely. Oh, The Thing? Is that his name? Ah. <laughs> Reed Richards. Oh, did you say Reed Richards? Yes. You're correct. Okay, I, it's, I, I thought Rex Reed. No. Yeah. That's not right. He's a... Yeah, Rex Peter Harrison. Harrison. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Rex. He's a comic book Rex Harrison. <laughs> What'd you say? Hawkeye. Oh, good one. Okay. Miles Morales. Sure. Gwen yeah. Stacy. Yeah, she's a Spider-Man. I'll give you that. Uh, Wonder Woman. Ah. Come on, Kimberly. Who? Who? Black Widow. Black Widow. That's considered, yeah. Ant-Man. <laughs> the worst superhero ever. Whatever. The Wasp. 
<laughs> even worse. I mean, what? Why? <laughs> Flash. That's pretty cool. Right? I I do love the Flash. I'd say Green Arrow. So cool. Recently, Green actually, Hornet. he's in the new Batman. They made him pretty cool. Green Hornet. Hmm. Is that I don't a- think Green Hornet is a comic book hero. I think that was a TV series. So I just don't think, you know, it was a TV series. Oh, you know what I'm but then I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. And if I am, I take it back. But I mean, this was comic book heroes. And uh, I mean, like from the pages. And I think Green Hornet was made for TV. I mean, Bobby's been in a Pulitzer Prize winning show. So like, I'll just take it. <laughs> Green Hornet started as a... Um, uh, a radio show. Oh, dog, yeah! Right. It doesn't count. You're right. <laughs> it's drama. Okay, so I have a hand up, and our category now is um, women who have played Mama Rose. I would have lasted that long. And I'll go first. <laughs> I'll go first. Uh, Ty Daly. I don't know. Oh, Ethel Merman. Ty Daly. <laughs> Bernadette. Angela Lansbury. Patty LuPone. Um, uh, Imelda Staunton. No, that was mine. Oh, I was going to say. Bette Midler. Yeah. Saved it. I'm out. I know. <laughs> what, 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 who else is there? Rosalind Russell. <laughs> Rosalind oh, Russell. Sorry. <laughs> Wasn't there Judy Kay player at one point? Betty Buckley. All right, it's fine. So Kimberly and I both have one hand. What's your category, Kimberly? Um, Golden Age musicals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you Oklahoma. go first. Yeah. Oklahoma. What'd you say? Oklahoma. South Pacific. Oak. La Mocha. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, Carousel. Uh. Pacific Overtures. No, that's not what I meant to say. I meant to say Pipe Dream. <laughs> you meant to say South Pacific. <laughs> I don't know. That's I a slip-up. I think she's out. I know we think Aaron Obata was old, but he was not in a golden age musical. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kimberly. What's the category? Brian, you have zero hands? Uh, yeah, no yeah hands. man. Brian's in the zone. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So just get Kevin out and then you win. Yes. Ready? Leading ladies. Ooh. Judy Kuhn. Patty Lapone. Alice Ripley. Christine Embersall. Um, Bernadette Peters. Carmen Cusack. Linda Etter. Angela Lansbury. Um, um, uh, Elaine Stritch. Imelda Staunton. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Laura Benanti. Time daily. <laughs> you jerk. Um, uh, 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 Sarah Brightman. Um, Christian Chenoweth. Audrey McDonald. Dina Menzel. Uh, 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 Tanya Pinkins. <laughs> okay, good one. Um, let's go with Leslie Kritzer. Carrie Butler. Um, let's say. Um, uh, uh, Get around your room. Uh, Marin Maisie. Jenny Leon. Um, 
Mayor, uh, uh, Rosie O'Donnell? <laughs> yeah, Grace. She was in Grace. My fave, Donna Murphy. Did oh, we say, I love Donna Murphy. Did we say yeah. Bette Midler in this round? Yeah. Oh. Mm. Oh. So Bette Midler. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Carmelo. Oh, that's uh, a good one. Um, let's go with Betty Buckley. Carmen Cusack. Natural I said that. Carmen Cusack. I said that already. No! Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Ryan <laughs> um, well, that does bring us to the end of our episode. Oh, um, it does. Thank you. I was running out of battery. That's why I had to switch it. Come on here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. Um, again, you can find all of the <laughs> you can find all of this stuff on Spotify, on iTunes. You can go to his website. Again, um, the site he mentioned earlier was artsfullcircle.com. You can check out classes there. Um, but we really want to thank you so much for taking the time during this crazy time to spend some Zoom time with us. Yeah. Um, but you can follow us at Broad Wasted. You can find us on things like Instagram, um, Twitter, Facebook. Join our Patreon. Um, we're doing so much more content now. Uh, yeah. Super fun. Uh, we have our movie nights. And um, of What's course, your next movie night? Uh, it is, uh, we're doing documentaries. What are you going to show? So we're doing, um, well, we watch them beforehand, then we talk about them, so we kind of give homework. Um, so the next one we're doing are Six by Sondheim, The Best Worst Thing That Could Ever, ha- ever Happened, and um, Bathtubs Over Broadway. And then we're watching the documentary now co-op episode as a little extra. All right, guys. Yeah. Sounds like you guys have a lot of... <laughs> we're keeping busy. We're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you can find us on iTunes and Spotify as well. On iTunes, rate and review us there. Five, Five stars, stars, please. Yeah, thank you. Um, and as um, we end every episode, we end it with a quote. We no, do. not not today. I didn't write one down. Really? Yeah, Candy Girl, you are my world. You look so oh. sweet. You're a special <laughs> treat, Candy Girl. All I want to say when you're with me, you brighten up my day. That's Candy Girl. That is my quote today. Um, but um, as we end every episode, we raise our glasses. Bobby, thank you so much for joining thank us you. from oh the West God. Coast. Yes. You, are, you, you might be our first West Coast guest who's actually on the West Coast. Yeah, I think this is officially the first East Coast, West Coast episode. All right. This yeah. is, that's great. Well, cool. I'm, I'm West Side Story kind of stuff, like East Side, West Side stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> Eastern Boss and West End Girls. <laughs> West End Girls. Something like that. <laughs> I can't remember. Thank you I so much. Listen, boys. That's what I should have said when I blanked. <laughs> There's going to be a couple more that will hit you in the next couple hours. Like, after we do a Dirty Hits on the Heart Body, every, like, like two hours later, I'm like, oh, I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get an email in an hour with just a list of different a bands. A list of all of the bands <laughs> in the world. Well, Thanks, cheers. Right. Thank cheers. you so Thanks, much. Thanks. Cheers. Thank Thanks you so safe. much. Stay safe, guys. Uh, Did we do Zoop to Up Bum? No, right. And every episode, Zoop to Up Bum. Cheers. Zoom. Zoom to Up Bum. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. 
This is Lin-Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.